Oh, let me let the siren go by. Wouldn't be meddling adults recording without a siren. <laughs> Wouldn't be meddling adults recording without a siren. Welcome, fellow sleuths, to another episode of Meddling Adults, a very special episode of Meddling Adults. We are in between seasons two and three, and we are here. Oh, what's this? It's a big sack. Oh, it's not my Santa presents. It's a whole bunch of emails because it's Meddling Mailbag season two edition. And again, I am joined by the editor of the show, as well as the human that made our revamped, refurbished, remastered theme song for this season. It's Brandon Grugel. Brandon, how's it going? Hello. I like when people call things very special episodes because it's like we're going to teach the youngins not to take drugs. It's great. Yes. this. <laughs> I mean, this is going to basically be the Christmas episode since it's coming out in December. So there we go. I think we've nailed it. This is the very special episode. <laughs> I am excited to also then get nominated for an Emmy for it because I've been watching The West Wing and that's basically how it goes is the Christmas episode they put a lot of work into and then at least for seasons one through three the person that the episode is featured about wins the Emmy so we're gonna win an Emmy for this one are we gonna be on the West Wing uh <laughs> sure why not okay <laughs> West Wing 2 the Wester Wing and uh it'll be us the Northwest <laughs> Wing it's just the intern's Ooh. office down the oh my god it's the intern's <laughs> office it's like the office it's a workplace sitcom. I love it. Yeah, it's just us trying to fill in all the things that don't make sense in the West Wing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why did Mandy send out that memo? Why didn't she delete it? <laughs> so now that we are clearly talking about this charity-based podcast, as we have been for the past few minutes, yes. what we'll be doing in this episode is I ask the listeners to send in various questions about meddling adults and anything regarding the podcast, mysteries, sleuthing in general. I have forwarded all of those to Brandon. I have not read them, so you'll get my genuine reactions. And then at the end of this episode, we are going to announce the winners of the season two fundraiser. Woo! We had two winners for two Clue books, one of Clue Regular and one of Clue Junior. And we raised $375 just in this little fundraiser. So that's very exciting. So with that, Plus, once we do all of the expense tabulation, we'll have another update later in between seasons two and three to say how much we were able to raise for all the charities. But that's for another day. Brandon, you want to hit me with some of those meddling mailbag questions? I do very much so. And I want to start with um, what this uh, writer calls a very important question. Okay, let's see good. if you can Let's see if you can guess who sent this one in. <laughs> oh, I... <laughs> I think this is the one email that I did read. Is it from Stephen Parra? It is. And Stephen okay, asks, good. why is Brandon Grugel the best human? And I want your honest answer, Mike. Okay, I will give my honest answer. So have you heard of the podcast, The Honey Roast? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I recorded an episode for that, I think two years ago, and it was never released, but I did send the audio and it was, you were the person that I honey roasted. So I just said nice things about you for like 20 something minutes. <laughs> I didn't and know that. I don't think it, well, I didn't want to say anything because I was like, surely this episode will release at some point. I don't think it's happening anymore. And I don't think I still have the file. I'm not positive. <laughs> but 
on a very genuine note, I think that you are an incredibly nice human being. I think that you're incredibly selfless. I think that working with you is a joy in terms of anytime I ask you any audio question, you have lots of patience with me. And you're also very good at relaying things and relaying information in a way that I can understand. Uh, you never you never do it from a condescending nature. But then also just as a friend, you're a good person to talk to in terms of serious life stuff or just being goofy and shooting the shit or just, you know, catching up. Like even before we started recording this, we spend a good <laughs> five to ten minutes just talking about like what Kelly and I are doing to go up to Canada to be with her sister when she gives birth to her son. So I appreciate having you as a person in my life friend-wise and also work-wise. And the fact that we have known each other for not very long, but I would consider you one of my closest friends, I think is a testament to how much I like you. Wow, this is uh, this is too much for me <laughs> and my, <laughs> my delicate constitution to handle this early in the morning. Uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> let's move swiftly ahead. <laughs> um, let's do another one that's just a comment real fast before we get into let's the questions. Let's do another one that's about me, Brandon Google. <laughs> <laughs> Something that I've never said in my entire life. So this is from Betsy. Betsy says, I just wanted to say that I also have a mom named Barb, and she loves this podcast. <gasps> yes. She was a big Encyclopedia Brown reader, and she calls me and tells me which mystery she was able to figure out from meddling adults. <gasps> That's the cutest thing. Mentally adults bringing families together. That's great. I love that this podcast, by being children's mysteries that are supposed to be for kids, it appeals to anyone that is not a kid or even kids. Like it's a truly all ages podcast, except for the few times I say potty words. But (laughs) I like that we can all unify in something. The world is so divisive right now, but at least we can all be united under not being able to solve Encyclopedia Brown mysteries. We can all unite under the fact that Bugs Meanie is a a jerk. He's so mean. He's so rude. And in the illustrations, he's always wearing a crown, which just feels very pompous of him. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm going to look that up. Yeah, I need to post more of the Encyclopedia Brown illustrations. There's many different iterations of them, but I read from the original books and they have these little pencil sketchy type drawings. And Bugs Meanie is always wearing what looks like one of those crowns that comes from the British Christmas crackers, like the foldable oh, little yeah, paper yeah. jaggedy crown. It looks like he's wearing one of those. So that's always fun. And then also I have been screenshotting recently because I have very legal PDF copies of the original books on my computer. <laughs> and I have been screenshotting every time there's a look that Encyclopedia Brown or Sally is wearing that is just like an absolute fit. And uh, <laughs> they've got some fire clothes. Like I want to make more meddling adults merchandise and speaking of you can get murder or hornets stickers if you i think it's bit.ly slash meddling merch but i'll put something on the website so if you go to meddlingadults.com you can get a link to this merch as well that's another way to raise funds i would love to be able to make fancy crew neck sweaters that just say idaville across the chest Mm. because encyclopedia brown is wearing those in one of the illustrations i think at bare minimum a lot of people were asking for murder hornets baseball tees i think i might make an idaville baseball tee like yellow sleeves white base and then just idaville and it can be both a murder hornet and an appreciation for our favorite town in fictional florida i love that no that, i would buy that in our beat yeah it's the only good town in florida let's rep the only good town in florida <laughs> you know what you did florida all right let's move on to an actual question this one's from saul of the fictional young detectives you have read about for the show 
which would you like to have as a mystery solving partner? And their constraints are you live in the same time and setting. Okay. If I'm going purely for I want to solve the mysteries as quickly and efficiently as possible, I'm picking Encyclopedia Brown because he's perfect. I think what my true answer would be for the intersection of getting the mysteries done and then also just seeming like a cool person to be around is I feel like Velma from Scooby-Doo is a great pick Mm -hmm. because she's going to get most of the mystery solving done. I will pick up her glasses when she drops them. (laughs) She just seems like a very level-headed person. Like to keep that wild ragtag group together, you need a glue person. 100%. And that feels like Velma to me. So I feel like she would just be a great person to be around. Yeah, I, I'm i into that. Who would you pick? I'm th- trying to imagine, what are the ones that you've done? Encyclopedia Brown, Scooby-Doo, who else am I missing? Nancy Drew. Nancy Drew. Cam Jensen, who's got the photogenic memory. Cam Jensen, that'd be fun. Who else? Oh, Ma- uh, Mary-Kate Nashley. <laughs> oh, I mean Mary-Kate Nashley, 100%. Like, <laughs> I would just want to meet them. They seem neat. <laughs> I would probably honestly choose Velva too, um, just because I want to live in the Scooby Doo world. I think it's more, it's more fun because it's it's still like spooky and ghosty and all that stuff, but like it's never true. <laughs> the other thing about it, yes, that is huge. That is huge. But the big advantage of Velma over Encyclopedia Brown is that you don't have to live in Florida. Yes, you don't have to live in the 1960s. And also, Mystery Inc. just has so many connections. They know professors all over the world. They know Kiss. They know the Harlem Globetrotters. Mm -hmm. They know Simple Plan. Their celebrity Rolodex is just stacked. And I think having an in there is huge. They know the boys from Supernatural. There was a whole Supernatural Scooby-Doo episode. (laughs) Was there actually? (laughs) Yeah, genuinely. Wow. (laughs) There was an episode of Supernatural where they, the two boys, and I think Cass, uh, like they become animated. And so it's a full episode of Scooby-Doo on like the supernatural feed for, for lack of a better shit. word. Yeah. It's, it's real good. Wow. It's called Scoopy natural. Oh, that's All right. very good. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to Aaron's question. Which of the book series do you find the easiest to solve mysteries for? And I want this specifically pertains to you, not like which is the easiest, but what do you find the easiest? I mean, clue junior is probably the easiest just because half of them are just, very much age towards young children and very, very easy to solve. I would say Clue Jr. has the highest rate of me reading a mystery and then not being able to use it because it is so painfully easy. So <laughs> I think I think that would be it. The only other thing you could qualify, this wasn't a book, but still one of the series we did, is the Mary-Kate and Ashley stuff was also... <laughs> I, I cannot, and I'm glad people enjoyed the episode, but I literally cannot do another episode of the Mary-Kate and Ashley stuff because I watched... Every single one that exists. (laughs) And the only three that were even close to being hard enough to work for the podcast were in the podcast. So we've (laughs) run out. Like, half of them are just learning what animals are. There's one where they go to the space station and there's this noise. And these literal rocket scientists can't tell what this repeating noise on the base of the rocket launch is. And it turns out to be a woodpecker. And that's the mystery. <laughs> Wait, why is there a woodpecker in space? Oh, it's it's on the ground in Florida where they oh, destroyed okay, an okay. ecosystem to build, you know, the space runway or whatever. So <laughs> that's one. There's one where you learn what oil is. There's one where you learn what a volcano is. Half of them are just 
people calling them worriedly because they don't understand what's happening. There's one where they think it's ghost goo, but it turns out that the person in the house is a beekeeper, so it's just honey. So many How of them are- How do you confuse those two things? Because <laughs> people are ridiculous in Mary Kay and Ashley. So those were just, so many of them were just, oh, it, it, surely it's not this. And then it is. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of it. it's just a like a five minute movie where they go, hey, what's the sound at NASA? And they go outside. Oh, it's a woodpecker. <laughs> <laughs> We're super duper sleuthers. <laughs> I guess there's a reason why Mary-Kate and Ashley aren't really in Hollywood anymore. Yeah, they solved every mystery, you know. Yep. They just ran out of stuff to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to Nathan's question. Now, Mike, you might know Nathan as the dedicated listener and fellow Sleuths moderator. I do. He helps out with the Facebook group, which I forget to post weekly episode discussions to all of the time. (laughs) I'm too good at avoiding Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) If we could all move away from Facebook, that would be wonderful. Thank you. That is my one request. Honestly, if I didn't have if I did not have podcast Facebook groups to moderate, I would not have a Facebook account. But Facebook is very weird and you have to have a personal account to run mm-hmm. business pages, mm-hmm. which makes no sense. It does not make any sense. So we've talked about this a, a little bit last time, but let's talk about it a little bit more for Nathan. So Nathan asks, I've always wanted to know, how long does it take for an episode to be recorded? How much audio is usually cut out? And how many hours does it take to fully produce an episode? Thanks a ton and keep up all the amazing work. Can't wait to know what you're doing next. I also want to know what you're doing next, Mike. That would be wonderful. Uh, redacted, redacted, redacted. <laughs> lawyers, lawyers, lawyers. <laughs> So as far as recording, usually the recording entire process will take about 90 minutes. That captures me setting stuff up, getting the Google going, telling the guests what's up, stuff like that. Then the recording itself usually produces about an hour's worth of audio. I will then either run that audio or Brandon will run that audio through an audio cleanup software, which, depending on how rough the audio is, can take anywhere between three minutes and 12 years, I think sometimes (laughs) it takes. Uh, Um, And then Brandon edits that audio down from an hour to usually between 40 and 50 minutes. How long does it take you to do that first pass of audio editing? It depends on the episode for sure. Like if the audio is rougher, it does take longer. But probably I usually say like for every hour of raw audio, it takes about four hours of like good editing. Um, So probably about half a day or so, maybe a day, okay. if, I'm, if I'm being lazy. Yeah, and then Brandon will send that audio back to me, and then usually the night before posting, so Tuesday night, I will listen through it, just make sure there aren't any little things that found their way through, mostly just clicks, because my curse is that I'm really good at hearing clicks, and I hate <laughs> it. I wish I didn't have to bear this burden. But then also, if there's anything I need to add on my end, like an ad read or stuff like that, announcements at the end, I will add that. After the fact, after Brandon's edited it, I don't make Brandon have to edit every single thing that exists. And then I also just double check. Very rarely do I tweak anything because Brandon is a very good editor. I expect you to tweak things. So (laughs) (laughs) I tweak very minor, but it's not much at all in the grand scheme of things. And then I'll upload it. And that'll take maybe about 30 minutes to an hour just of uploading and typing in the description and putting hyperlinks to the charities and updating the website and scheduling a tweet to come out at 10 in the morning on Wednesday, uh, all of that good stuff. So, yeah, I think that's about all of the in terms of just editing stuff and then prep wise in terms of preparing the mysteries. It just honestly depends on what book or viewing thing I'm doing 
and how quickly I get to three or four mysteries that work for the show. Sometimes I'll read four Encyclopedia Brown mysteries and all four work. Other times I have to read three books. <laughs> Are you a fast reader? I don't know. I think so, but I've never really done a speed reading test since high school when I had to read Canterbury Tales and <laughs> I just did a speed reading app that let you show like one word every X amount of seconds or whatever. <laughs> I can't believe you sped read Canterbury Tales. We had to read so much of that book. <laughs> so much. It was so long. And Canterbury Tales was one of those classic. It was just like Crime and Punishment where you would read 12 pages and be like, oh, so that guy walked out of a house and it would be 12 <laughs> pages. So that's not a different language. <laughs> Raskolnikov, man, that guy would take 12 pages to walk down his damn stairs because he would just be like, oh, Lizaveta the louse. Like, okay, we get it. You killed someone. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know really how fast I am, but my general reading process is either reading or watching an episode of Scooby-Doo. I will watch it or read it without taking any notes. Mm -hmm. And then if it works, I'll go back and then read it and take notes along the way because mm. I've been burned too many times by reading it and then taking notes, which makes it take way longer. And then I'll get halfway through the mystery and they'll be like, oh, I know the answer. This is too easy. This isn't going to work. Yeah. So yeah. I usually give stuff two passes. And when I watch Scooby-Doo the first time, I watch it on either 1.5x or 2x speed. And that is a much better viewing experience. When you go back <laughs> to watching Scooby-Doo at 1x, it sounds like Fred's in slow motion. It's <laughs> ridiculous. I met someone once that said they watch all of their media on like 2 or 3x. That's uh, a like bit much. TV, movies, all of it. And I just can't imagine living life that fast. You know? Netflix and other streaming platforms should let you do like YouTube lets you go either 1.5, 1.25. That kind of stuff is nice. If I could watch even just 1.1, if I could watch West Wing at 1.1 speed and save, you know, whatever it is, yeah. four minutes like that would be nice because you're not a 10 percent speed increase. You're not going to notice anything. Totally. I feel like everything should have that option. If I had to watch a YouTube tutorial on 1.0 speed every time, I would never watch YouTube ever. <laughs> YouTube tutorials are starting to turn into recipe pages where <laughs> you try to just like, how do I make pasta sauce? And it'll be like, the tomato was invented in 200 BC by Stephen Tomato. My mother was from the old country. <laughs> yeah. When I was a child, my first tomato ever eaten was, I don't care, just tell me uh, and now YouTube tutorials do the same thing. It's like, hey, in this video, I'm going to teach you how to skip to the end of a Logic Pro X audio file using hotkeys. It's like, yeah, I gathered that from the title of this video. <laughs> Every YouTube tutorial on something that's audio related should be 12 seconds long. It should just be like, hit command F, and then that's it. Yep, 100%. 100%. We should start that. We should start a channel where it's like, I'm not, I'm not kidding. We've joked about doing it before and i think we should do it not joking i would love if me you and maybe eric schneider since we all i don't know if we all work in different platforms but we should just all make youtube videos of hi here are the things that i learned that i wish i knew earlier when i edit audio <laughs> and now here's a youtube video of me teaching you all of those that's not a bad idea i think we do work on all i work on pro tools you work on logic and schneider works on um uh, audition so i think we all do okay cool so tm 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 but i think we should actually make this <laughs> all right let's go to a question from rachel of all the characters from the mystery novels you've read so far encyclopedia brown scooby-doo etc who do you relate to most so we know who you want to hang out with 
But who do you relate to most? I feel like I would relate to Fred from the Mystery Inc., but not in the worst ways in particular (laughs) ones. So first off, I like his style for fashion. Ascot, sweater, good (laughs) I had a friend in high school that actually wore an ascot um, to like dances and stuff, and it was wild. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that I would go that far, but I appreciate taking fashion risks yes so i am i'm in favor of fred doing that but mainly it's just fred always has the attitude of let's just start trying to figure it out and then we'll worry about it later and that was a big thing in college we did one of those i don't know if you ever did the color personality thing yeah it's like blue green gold and orange but one of the stalwarts of an orange person when you're working in a group setting is that rather than spend the time to try to plan everything out and worry about what exactly is the best solution. You just kind of start doing stuff. Mm -hmm. And then if it doesn't work, you go, okay, well, that didn't work. And then you try something else. And I feel like that's very much me is rather than waste time on trying to plan, I'm like, let's just go and we'll find out the hard way if this doesn't work. And that's very much Fred. He's like, let's split up and try to find the person. And it doesn't always work, but neither does my method. No, I mean, yeah, I think taking risks and just putting yourself out there, it's very important. Um, what's the color where you hate group projects and you just do all the work and then get mad at people for not doing (laughs) the work? Uh, that would be green. (laughs) Green is the one where you're very just like by yourself and you just try to, you try to think a whole lot about something before you start it, but it's also the most independent. Gold is the one where you like plan everything meticulously and Mm. blue is you just want to make sure everybody's happy and that's all you care about. (laughs) Oh, sweet, sweet blues. (laughs) Sweet blues. Sweet blues. (laughs) All right. I think let's move on to our last question. And then this is a little bit open-ended. Uh, oh, wait. Who do, who do you relate to for oh, all the mystery people? I think I probably relate. Mm, no, that's not true. I relate to Daphne because people steal me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say new, do, new Daphne. New Daphne's great. Like, I love new Daphne. Yeah, but I'm not as like cool or suave or like, a, you know, like fashion, fashion-y cool, you know? I think the key tenant of new Daphne is more of just surprising people with the things she knows. So maybe you could take that. Yeah, I do kind of like the the new Daphne where like she just sort of like hangs out and then like drops some knowledge every now and again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, but I also just like I wish I related to like Shaggy and Scooby where they were just like chill and you know, yeah. like hanging out. Don't worry about much. Eating either food or dog treats, the world will never know. Yep. Doesn't matter. It's all the same stuff. I do aspire to have Shaggy's metabolism for my entire life because oh, yeah. the amount that guy eats versus how lanky he is, it's impressive. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. I also just wish I was a dog. That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be great. Dane. Ah. So our last question of this episode, and it's going to touch a little bit on the future of the show. <gasps> so if you want to share anything on that, we can go that way. Yeah. Um, this is from Joe. And Joe says... Hey, Shubes, have you ever considered doing some sort of second chances season in which you bring back guests from previous (laughs) seasons to redeem themselves? So it's funny because Kelly and I, in preparation for the Potterless Survivor-based live show that we're doing at the time of release tomorrow, we were watching some Survivor and they have a lot of second chance seasons, hero versus villains, fan favorite things. So I am trying to get as many new people into the mix as possible before I get repeat guests in there. But I will say a little nugget sneak peek about season three. So far, the only episode that I have recorded for season three 
features repeat guest Melissa and Nelly because I had someone drop out last minute and Melissa is mm. a great friend and is very able to hop on a microphone and try to solve children's mysteries on a day and a half's notice. <laughs> Bless <laughs> so you, Melissa. She, she was able to fight for redemption. I will not say whether or not she won because that mm. would make the episode less exciting. But her episode does come down to a very close decision. So it becomes dramatic. I could see a world where we do meddling adults for as many seasons as Survivor has done and we do, you know, multitude round of all of the losers facing against each other. (laughs) Like, that could be very (laughs) fun. So, I could see it happening for sure. I don't think it would be till much later down the road just because I'm trying to get as many new people into the mix as possible because it's... It's nice for me with my other two podcasts, with Potterless and Horse, both being ones where you at least have some sort of qualification that you have to get for guest on the show. It's very freeing for me now to have a podcast where there are no qualifications to be on Meddling Adults at all. Like, the only thing that people need to be able to do is be on the podcast and then pick a charity. And that's that's really it. So it's nice for me to not be like, oh, I really like this person, but they don't know anything about Harry Potter. Or like, oh, I like this person, but they don't care about basketball. It is so freeing to just be able to get whoever the hell I want on that I'm trying to get a whole bunch of people into the mix. Yeah, and uh, no spoilers, but um, there's some some good guests coming up in season three. Yeah, the, the off-season official mantra that I have had and I've messaged Brandon about a whole lot is that this season three prep is the shoot your shot season <laughs> where I'm sending a lot of emails to people who I don't think will say yes. And so far, two of them have. <laughs> so I'm trying to get some uh, high-profile podcasters into the mix. I'm excited for the guests to come and I'm hoping I'm hoping that eventually when season three comes around, I can release like a festival poster of all of the people that we were able to snag, which will be great. So I know some people have been messaging like, oh, like the season three is not coming back till February. But a major portion of that is I'm trying to get some really cool people on the podcast. And that does take time because usually very cool people are also very busy people. So <laughs> I'm trying to take a big break, especially during the holidays in the beginning of the year. Yeah, right. That was the other thing is if if we did the similar turnaround to what we did between seasons one and two, we would have been looking at a jam. January release. And I've already had one of the people who we were going to try to do a recording say, hey, with Thanksgiving and Christmas, can we just do this in January? So that was a factor as well. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Can I pitch you an idea? Yes. Season five of Medley Adults Tournament of Champions. Oh, so winner stays. Yeah, winner stays. Ah. And and then he has the loser brackets too. I think that could be very fun. I do want to get to a world where we start theming the seasons of Meddling Adults. I have joked with you at some point about doing Meddling Adults Vice, (laughs) where we change the logo's colors to be like exactly the Miami Heat Vice jerseys, reminiscent of the Miami Vice show from the 80s. We revamp the intro song to sound like take on me by aha (laughs) (laughs) all of the mysteries are books written in 1980 (laughs) i love it i think it'd be great i would love to do different themed stuff and you know change the artwork and the music just for the season so i think it could be very fun to try to do a tournament of champions could be very very fun especially if we get to the point if we want to really go like taskmaster champion of champions it's a season just explicitly of winners Mm -hmm. could be a really good time to find Find who is the truest sleuth. I love that. And then season six is Tournament of Losers. And it's just 
me and Julia. Actually, I think I won. No, you yeah, won. Don't it. worry. So Lauren and Julia. <laughs> <laughs> I also think Julia won. So it would have to be Lauren and Eric Schneider. Eric Schneider. Yeah. <laughs> it could be a very good time. So yeah, themed seasons is definitely in play because much like Survivor, you got to spice stuff up every now and then. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love it. Well, thank you all for your questions. They're always wonderful. Yes. And now we get to announce the fundraisers. Yeah, what else do we need to know? We need to know who won. So a huge shout out to everyone that gave for this season two fundraiser by going to paypal.me slash meddling adults and giving some money. People also wrote really nice messages when they gave the donations too, which was great. So shout out so much to everyone who did that. And then also everyone who's contributed either with the Patreon or bought merchandise, the, again, bit.ly slash meddling merch, if you want to get that Idaville Murder Hornet sticker. And if you're listening to this way in the future, maybe the t-shirt that we alluded to. <laughs> but for this particular fundraiser, we raised 375 additional dollars, which will get added to all the other funds that we were able to raise this season. And our two winners, drum roll, please. <laughs> First, we have... Martin Gonzalez Jr., he was the winner of the Clue Senior book. Woo! And Robin Garcia was the winner of the Clue Junior book. Woo! So if you are hearing this, Robin and Martin, you can send an email to meddlingadults at gmail.com. If you are not hearing this, I will find your contact information somehow, <laughs> and I will send you an email asking for your address. And I won't be able to mail those books right away because I will be going up north to Canada to be with Kelly and her sister as her sister gives birth to a small human. Yay! So I won't be able to mail those until I get back in mid-January, but you'll get those books eventually. I will scribble in them and sign them and thank you and all of that. But thanks to everyone so much for contributing and thanks everyone for listening and thank you, Brandon, for putting together the questions and choosing them out and asking them and joining me on this recording. Of course. Thank you for having me. It's always fun. I like mail. (laughs) (laughs) Mail is a good time. Well, Brandon, thanks again. Listeners, thank you again. And, you know, it's always a good time to go over some digital mail questions with you, Brandon, uh, a wonderful meddling adult. (laughs) Well done.